0: Hey, Barry. How many succubi does it take to screw in a light bulb? How many? Two, but the question is, how do they get in the bulb? It's time for Capel uh, Duel! <laughs> Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Capel Duel. I'm Barry.
1: And I'm Al.
0: They're still mad about that joke. And we are a single player Cody End
1: Dungeons and Dragons 5th Edition actual play podcast. Last time on Compelled a Duel, Layroll Valsein made some truly, truly horrible life decisions. We haven't recorded that episode yet, but I don't feel like I'm going to need to change this part of the introduction. And the time before that, the
0: last time we checked in with Ferrara Valsein, shit hit the fan, didn't it, buddy? (laughs) Fee and Kalesa infiltrated a masquerade at the Shakrana Manor, nominally celebrating Sorin Shakrana's appointment to the High Court of the Order of Iluna, but what actually turned out to be a little meet and greet for a secret society known as the Beacon, and... A lot of our old friends were there. We saw Sabine, we saw mm-hmm. the Hierophant, mm-hmm. we saw Alasha Dakarin, Fee's surrogate mother.
1: Yes, we did. And that relationship is irrevocably shattered. <sighs>
0: yeah, it was a bad time, and the whole event ended with royal guards descending upon the manor and Soren Shakrana being arrested for sedition against the crown. After dumping quite a bit of damning information
1: all over Fee and Galesa, and then destroying And also, it. to be fair, committing sedition against the crown. And, and also
2: gonna... committing sedition against the crown, yes. yes. Fee, we pick right back up where we left off. You okay. are standing in this old
0: abandoned gatehouse, at the front of the Shakrana Manor, Soren is being dragged out by royal guards. everything on fire and that's gone there's like a scorch mark on the floor but not much else and the guards are dragging him out and behind the guards elasha walks in and she looks at the two of you and then she turns around to the guard that has sordid who looks to be like the dude in charge she twirls her wand around her finger cowboy style and flicks it at him and goes. You and your friends didn't see me or either of these two young ladies here. And a ripple of magic comes out from her wand. And the guy nods mutely and just takes Sorin out. And they have all been affected by whatever Alasha just did. And Alasha looks at the two of you and goes, Ladies, we need to go.
1: Yes, obviously.
0: I'll have the carriage brought around. And she strides out. I don't know if you guys follow her. I'm going to wait to see if Kalesa falls reversed. Actually, you know what, we advantaged insight on Kalesa. I feel like you guys are close enough that you can get advantage here. Nat 20! Wow! She stalls, and she looks at the little spatters of blood that Sorin left on the floor. And she looks at where Alasha just walked out. And she looks at you. And she pauses.
2: You can tell, with that natural
0: 20, Kalesa's watching you to see what you will do. You are the only person left in her life that she trusts right now.
2: I follow Alasha. Okay,
0: and Kalesa falls into step right behind you, just very shell-shocked, looks highly upset. You
2: guys pile into the back of this carriage that Alasha has brought around, and you head back to the palace. Kalesa gets in the carriage and shuts the door
0: behind her and just starts bawling. Like, she gets in and realizes that she's in a safe space and just breaks down.
1: He puts an arm around her.
0: Yeah, she, like, leans into you and just keeps crying as the carriage goes back to the palace.
1: She has one hand rubbing circles on her shoulder and the other one in her pocket
2: on the beacon medallion. The one that Soren gave you or hers? She has them both in the same pocket. Okay. Roll an arcana check, actually. Okay. Natural 19. Holy fuck, man. Okay.
0: You can tell that these medallions, they are magical items, okay. but you'd have to get an identify spell in on one okay. of these things before you could figure out what they do. They feel magical, but whatever you have, it's not active. Okay. Yeah, you guys go back to the palace. It's very late at night. You know, it's after midnight. You guys pull in, bail out, Kalesa goes to go back into the palace, and Alasha gets her by the hand,
2: and pulls her back, and turns around to both of you and goes, So we need to discuss how much of this we're sharing. I will put on the table that
0: certain levels of truth,
2: when you speak truth to power, can do more harm than good. He says, yeah, because you keeping secrets has worked out so well so far. You're an adult, I can't tell you what to do, but... Take a second to ask yourself what your father getting in on this will look like. Not only what will it look like for you, what it will
0: look like for the thousands upon thousands of everyday people in this country that really don't want to deal with the government inquisition.
2: She walks away. Alasha just puts her hands up, and you don't really see what she does. Kalesa goes inside. You guys walk
0: into the entrance hall. And as you guys walk in, you see a
2: pajama-clad Fen just meditating, leaned up against a railing on the stairs. Gotta wake him up. Yeah, you touch his shoulder, Fen jolts and he comes up out of his meditation. Where,
0: And he points between you and Kalesa, Kalesa who has just obviously been
3: fucking sobbing. Yeah. And he stops and looks from you to Kalesa
0: to Alasha, who's walking in right behind you, and goes, Is this, like, a tomorrow conversation?
1: This is emphatically a tomorrow conversation,
2: Fen. Yeah, okay. Um, gotcha. Just went to your room. You weren't there. Got super worried. I should have let you know that's my fault. Glad you're home. He gets up and disappears up the stairs to his
0: and his dad's quarters. Kalesa has had your hand this entire time and is just squeezing it really tight. But then she lets go and kind of, like, wipes her face and puts herself together and also takes off up the stairs and goes down towards the wing
2: where her family is being housed. Fee's gonna go to her dad's study. Okay. Roll me an advantaged
0: perception check. If you get a nat 20, I swear to
3: God. (laughs) Come
2: on. Uh, no, but I got a 16. You're going directly there? Yes, I'm not going inside. You stop short of your father's office because you hear voices behind the door. Okay. He and the ambassador are having a conversation. You hear your father say, Since someone has to be competent around here, I have handled the situation. And Kelesa's father mumbles something unintelligible.
0: You hear your father's voice again. I've already had words with the Hierophant. He assures me that he'll be dead as soon as he sets foot on the island. A noble choice to join the priesthood, but I think we all figured out how this was going to end long before this ever happened. The rest of the family we can send to the north, I think you agree. And the ambassador says, yes, obviously. We can't just have them floating around with impunity after all this. And your father hums to himself and goes, mm,
2: We may need to kill the girl. She's a variable we can't afford. Too volatile. And the ambassador says, Yeah, he, yes, your majesty. I think that's a good idea. He's leaving the palace. Okay. is going back to Chicago Manor. Okay.
0: I mean, it's a little bit of a journey. It'll probably take you like 20-25 minutes to get there by carriage. Um, Okay. But, I mean, like, yeah, you have access to the royal carriages whenever you want
1: them. Yeah. Yeah,
0: you roll back in. The entire house is in chaos when you roll back up. Most of the party guests are gone. You see royal guard around conducting interviews with people, talking to party guests, some of the civilian people that were here
2: that clearly had no idea what was going on. Soren is gone. You don't see him anywhere. You do see his parents and Lorelei detained by royal guards. Okay. Do I see Sabine? Roll perception. Natural
0: goddamn 20! Are you
2: fucking kidding me?
0: <laughs> Look at it! Yeah, you see Sabine. <laughs> Oh fuck me. Yeah, um, Sabine is absolutely there. You see her looking in through a window. Okay. And she makes eye contact with you and nods towards Lorelai and makes a questioning motion with her head.
1: Fiend nods emphatically.
0: Excellent. Let me pull up Sabine's spell sheet. It's about to pop off, motherfucker. (sighs) Sabine has the message cantrip, baby. That's all we need. You see Sabine pointing you through the window and go do you want me to be the
1: distraction, or the extraction? V says, the extraction. And then V takes one of the beads off the necklace that Calessa gave her, and throws it toward the gatehouse. You see this jewel fly off
0: through the night, and it pings off the side of the wall of the gatehouse, and then just this roar of fire, it starts as a scene. Middle of the jewel and the glow grows and consumes and explodes out into this huge ball of fire, and chaos happens. All of the guards that are around whip around. You see the two shakran appearances. I'm gonna hide. You're gonna hide. Yes. Okay. Roll stealth. <sighs> Eight. You can run. You can yeah. run, but you can't hide. Yeah, I'm gonna run. Okay. Yeah, you look in through the window and you see chaos start to happen, and I think you just look and You're on like, one wing of the house, where if you ran around to the other side of this part of the house, you'll be where Sabine is. Okay. I'm gonna do that. Okay. Yeah, you take off that way, and as you take off, you hear the front door swing open and a lot of guards shouting as they pour out and run for the gatehouse. And you skid into Sabine as she melts through the of this house yep. and dimension doors in, and pulls Lorelei out. Lorelei is in full meltdown mode. She is crying and
1: shaking, and the magic around her is rolling off of her in waves. Uh, he's gonna say, Lorelai, can I touch your face?
2: She's just yeah inconsolable. Okay. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna put my hands on both sides of her face. Deep breath. Okay, she breathes with you. I don't have time to explain. Sabine is a friend of your brother's. She's going to take you somewhere. And then I'm going to look at Sabine and say, I can't be implicated. I have to go. She needs to be out of the country, yes? Yes. Sabine
0: hisses to herself and runs a hand back through her hair and goes, Motherfucker, I lost all my contacts in the Zephyr Isles.
1: It doesn't matter where. Anywhere. She can't be
0: here. There's a safe house
2: in vaughal I think I could get her out on the next ferry. Then do. What about the parents? They'll be fine. Or Soren? Not here. I'm gonna roll insight for Sabine. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sabine rolled a natural 20 to insight. <sighs> okay. Yeah, you say not here, and... She has brown skin with the same blue undertones that all Australian elves have, but you do see her pale. Almost a little bit. You see a lot of the color leave her face. She clenches her jaw and she nods and one of her hands closes around Lorelai's shoulder and just squeezes a little bit
2: she goes I can have her in international waters in two hours. Make it an hour and a half if you can. we Will do. Ferrara. Be safe. I'll do my best. And then she takes off. And you part ways, Sabine ushers
0: Lorelai off into the surrounding streets and alleys of Bellenthal, outside of this manor house.
2: And where are you going? Back to the palace. What are you doing once you get back? He's going up to her room. Okay. I'm gonna stay up for a minute. Okay, what would you like to do? I'm gonna wait in my room for a while, and then she's gonna go to her father's office again. It is the wee hours of the morning by this point. Roll Perception. Five. You don't hear anything in there. Then he's going to go see Galesa. You head to the Petrus apartments, knock on
0: the door. A very tired-looking Ambassador Petrus comes to the door and opens it up. He's in his pajamas. He frowns as
2: he sees you standing on the hallway. He goes, oh, um, and bows. Can I help you? Uh, I was just coming to see if uh, Kalesa was awake. I believe she's taking her trance, but I can go wake her up if you need. No, that's alright. I just... He frowns when he sees you mentioning that you need to see Kalesa. Roll Insight. Okay.
0: (laughs) Eleven. You can see some wheels in his head start turning, and he
2: looks over his shoulder and says, "Nasalia, can you go check on her? Oh god, okay. You hear sleepy mumbling and wet,
0: sick-sounding coughs as Lady Petra shuffles around in the background of the apartment.
2: And then you hear, oh, by Kimrel's fucking teeth, she's done it again. Oh, okay. And the ambassador goes, was it the pillows again, under the blanket? Yes! He says, shit. You can do a survival check to try to find Vanessa if you want. So it's a 16. Calessa's
0: bedroom is kind of like right off the living room. You can see a little bit into the room as her dressing gown clad mother is pulling back the covers on these pillows that are stuffed under the blankets. Yeah. You also see the footlocker full of booze that she keeps under her bed, and it's
2: hanging out a little bit. It looks like she has taken some booze out and gone somewhere. I think I know where she is. She's safe. The ambassador looks really concerned. Yes. I've learned not to ask anything more than that, and he bows again and shuts the door. He's gonna go up to the roof. Kalesa is up there with a bottle of old and whiskey
0: in one hand and a knife in the other. She's just tossing the knife and catching it again by the hilt and just taking slugs out of this bottle of whiskey and just staring out over the city.
1: He says, that's
2: She holds the bottle out wordlessly takes a long drag off it.
0: After a very long time of just looking out over the city and the two of you passing this bottle back and forth in silence, she says, I was always so proud of myself for not believing in my father's brand of loyalty. You know, for Archduke and country and all that bullshit. I I thought that loyalty only belonged to people that deserved it, and there were two people in the entire world who had deserved my loyalty for my entire life, and one of them tried to kill my father. Am I just a bad judge of character, Fee? I mean, looking at everything with Leo now, and everything with Soren, do I just... I feel like you're the only
2: fucking good person I know anymore. He takes another drink out of the bottle and says, I
1: don't know, I... uh, Better trust someone, I guess. I... Honestly, say that I have as earnestly trusted anyone in my life as you trusted
2: Soren and my brother. So, turns out you might be onto something with that, she says, and
1: just takes another slug. (sighs) Not something I wanted to be right about.
0: Right now, my list of people I trust to do the right thing has one person on it. She
2: leans over and lays her head on your shoulder. Yeah, I just put an arm around her shoulder and squeeze.
0: Yeah, and I think you guys just sit there and polish off this bottle of and booze. Actually, I think both of you probably do your trance up there on the roof that night. And then the sun comes up the next morning. Kalesa throws the bottle off the roof of the palace and then climbs back down the window into her bedroom. And you, you know, go your separate ways. Um, What are
2: you doing this morning? I'm gonna go talk to Fan. You find Fenn in the dining
0: hall sitting down for breakfast, because Fen and his dad eat with you and your father. Yeah, he's in there. Your father's not there yet. Fen's dad is hanging out in the background. Fen oh, let me roll Insight Fenn. Uh, would you like to roll Deception? Yes. Okay, go ahead and roll Deception. Uh, nine. Okay, Fen rolled a 12 for Insight. So he
2: sees that something's up when you walk in, and he frowns and comes over to you and goes are you uh are you ready to talk about what happened last night? Yes. Okay. Um, hey dad? And Fenn's dad turns around and Fenn says to his dad I'm gonna
0: walk the Grand Duchess back to her room. She forgot something. And his dad fixes him with a kind of what the fuck look but Fenn just grabs you and you guys are out in the hallway.
1: Long night, Sir Tomer.
0: Yeah, you guys get out in the yeah. hallway outside the dining hall. There's really nobody moving around.
2: Uh, Kalesa wanted to go to the party that they were throwing for Soren Shakrana's appointment to the High Court. I went with her as backup. Uh, it was all a bit of a surprise. I didn't think to leave a note. I'm sorry.
0: You walked into Soren Shakrana's house, the guy that shipped us halfway across the country. You walked into his house, and you didn't bring someone to protect
1: you. Kalesa was there. Kalesa's, Kalesa's not very...
2: your bodyguard.
1: I don't see how there would have been a
2: way for us to get you in there. I was there as Kalesa's plus one. What do I know, I guess? He just kind of puts his hands up. <sighs> what do you want me to say, Fenn? I want none of this to be happening. I... <sighs> that is no longer an option. So what... Do you want me to do, to fix this, or are you just going to keep guilt tripping me about it? I'm not trying. <sighs> but what happened? Apparently, some shit went down. Your father hasn't even woken up yet from his trance. I, I'm assuming he went to bed late. So Maruchan was arrested. For what? For the Subdition. teleportation? Fuck me. Yeah, pretty much. So he's, what, been running a rebellion this entire time? It seems that way. Or at least involved in one. Do you think this is about Leo? Are they working together? (laughs) I think if they were working together, Leo would have made more progress by now. He is an ocean away. I don't think whatever he's doing had anything to do with Soren's rebellion other than Soren's misplaced sense of loyalty. Wow. Wow. Fenn says, and just leans back against a wall and kind of scrubs a hand down his face. Okay, so what's the next step? She straightens her posture, clenches her teeth for a second, and then says, There is no next step. He's been arrested. The problem is taken care of. Do we need to ramp up security or anything? I mean, if he had associates, they couldn't have gotten them all, did they? I I don't know.
0: I'll check with my dad about the security briefings. Yes. Fen nods. He looks deeply concerned, and he like reaches out to get you by the shoulder, and then realizes that that's not a thing that his station allows, and his hand stalls, and he yeah,
1: and he
2: he he leans away. He bustles off back to talk to his father. Okay, what do you do next? Can you do the same thing? Yeah, I'm gonna go to the study. Okay, you go back up to the study. Roll me another perception check. No, no. That's money,
0: my man. <laughs> no. If I wasn't looking at it, God, that's
2: money, my man. You hear your father's voice, okay. and you hear the ambassador's voice, and they're in there talking.
0: And you hear your father say, oh, "I just got the message. He apparently died with honor."
2: And the ambassador, you hear say. Like, in world's grace, may it be so? Your father sighs very heavily, like he's a little bit disappointed. And he says, Such a talented young man. What a waste. For such a pitiful cause. Valora really does ruin everything she touches. And you hear the ambassador say, I... Can't help but agree, Your Majesty. Yeah, Fi, you definitely just listened to your father emphatically dead name your brother. Yep. And you hear them keep
0: talking. Like, I'm not going to make you roll insight for it, but, like, this is normal flow of conversation. This is how these two people talk to each other all the time. And your father says to the ambassador, There is, however, the matter of the girl. I am wondering who was behind that. But we do know somebody that has sympathies for the family, don't we, even? And you hear the ambassador kind of clam up and go, I can assure you your majesty, Kalesa had nothing to do with this.
1: I'm going to wait and listen for one
2: minute. Fee's hands are shaking.
0: Yeah, the ambassador lies to your dad and says that he saw Kalesa last night. Sounds like your father buys it just goes, well, it would appear that we have more of the seditionist movement on our hands than we may have originally thought. At any rate, your new task is to track down the girl, figure out who took her and where they are.
1: She takes a very deep breath and just clenches her teeth super hard for a second. Her
2: fists clench
1: and then she releases them and one hand flutters
2: up to touch one of her horns. And she just squares her shoulders. And it goes up and knocks on the door. Okay. You hear a little bit of a startle from inside, and then your father say, Oh, come in. He walks in.
3: Yeah, your father and the ambassador are sitting there over morning tea, just talking
0: to each other at his desk. And he looks up at you, and he puts up a finger. He goes, Oh, Ferrara, darling, you'll be very pleased to know that Sora Chakrata was arrested for sedition in relation to your unfortunate teleportation accident, which might have happened much faster if you had told me.
1: Couldn't be sure. I didn't want to say anything until I had more information.
0: Well, at any rate, the young Lord Chakrana has made the noble choice to join the priesthood over allowing his entire family to be dragged down with him. However, the Chakranas will be taking an extended
2: vacation up north. But it would seem that our entire problem is resolved. Certainly would seem that way. Uh, I'd been hoping to take on a little more direct responsibility as to the problem with... Leo's movements on the continent. Well, as I've said before, it would be a very difficult maneuver to make any sort of political movement happen
0: within Tordun, but if he's on the move, if we can perhaps contract the good ambassador to get more information on his movements that is reliable, your father says, and his eyes narrow at the ambassador, then I see no reason as soon as he's
2: out of his area of protection, which if he plans to move, he will have to eventually be. That you couldn't take care of the problem. I am confident that you could absolutely crush him, given that he is completely talentless. Is that something that you would be able to do if it came down to it? She tilts uh, her head a little bit. She looks him directly in the eye. She says, I don't think that would be a problem at all. You think you'd be capable of killing your brother? I think I would be. More than capable of doing that. Well, then you will absolutely be brought into the loop of any information we discover in the coming months. Thank you. Oh, I'll be down to breakfast in a little bit. I'm just clearing up some paperwork with the ambassador. Of course. I'll see you then, Father. Goodbye, darling. And he goes back to his paperwork. He leaves. Where do you go? Is there, like, a training yard or something? Yeah, for the guards, for sure there's a
0: training yard. Yeah, big open courtyard, sand floor, lots of dummies
1: and everything around, weapons stashed in racks. Fee takes a very deep breath, clenches her fists, lets them go, and then casts a second level guiding bolt on one of the training dummies.
0: Yeah, this dummy just explodes in a burst of radiant light, and behind you, you hear a familiar voice say, Got some anchor to work out, huh, kid?
2: Who's talking to right? me? Alasha. She's perched in a doorway, arms crossed over her chest, leaning against the side of the door. He looks at her, lips just press into a line, and it says, Yes, in fact.
0: I mean, I don't blame you. Finding out that you've been lied to your whole life is a
2: hard hurdle to get over. Feeds jaw clenches so hard your teeth creak. I understand the anger, but the whole thing is, Fi, I don't know what you learned last night, but I'm willing to bet that it was a lot. Imagine a world where everyone knows what you know. Imagine the chaos. Everything would fall apart, right? Fee clenches her fist for a second. I suppose so. That's where the beacon, at its most pure intention, comes in, is that the truth
0: does need to be known, because without the truth there can't be any progress, but
2: truth in the hands of the masses can be problematic, so we need certain trustworthy people to keep that knowledge. I'm trying to find out the truth just as much as anybody else at that party last night was. And I'm doing it all for you. He takes a deep breath, just straightens her posture. Yes, I I understand. I had some time to think. I said some things that were perhaps hasty, and I hope we can uh, move past them. Well, of course we can, honey. It's okay. And Alasha reaches up and just, like, presses a hand to the side of your face. I was a little out of line last night, too. I was scared that you were there. I was nervous about what would happen, but... Well, I think if anybody deserves to know the truth, it's you, right? I appreciate that. We'll make a light keeper of you again. She pats your face and walks away as soon as she's out of shot, she brings her hands back around in front of her, and she has dug her nails into her palms so hard that they are bleeding. You keep going off on these dummies for a little bit. Yeah.
0: When you see Kalesa again, she looks severely hungover and very depressed. I think you just run into her just moving around the palace, and... She looks up at you and kind of looks around to make sure
2: you're not being watched. She goes, hey, did you, um, did you hear anything? Yes, uh, not, not here. Uh, Okay. Uh, yeah, I take her, uh, somewhere outside, but secluded. There are gardens.
0: That's a pretty typical political intrigue place. Like, there are sometimes nobles milling about out there, but it's pretty quiet. It's early in the morning. So, yeah, you go out to the gardens.
2: I think there's a really big, beautiful fountain out there. Lots of trees, lots of exotic flowers. She's going to say, I'm going to tell you something. You cannot react to it yet. Okay. I'm telling you because you deserve to know, but there is nothing we can do about it right now. Fee, what's going on? Sauron is dead. She does
0: react, but it's not in a very loud way. She just presses a hand over her mouth and sinks down onto a stone bench and just leans forward with her elbows perched on her knees and
2: puts her head in her hands and looks like she's about to throw up.
1: I'm telling you because you deserve to know. And I'm telling you because your father knew last night. And you need to know that, too.
0: She just starts shaking. She is not sobbing, she is crying silently. Tears are just silently streaming down her face. And she just has this hand pressed over her mouth. You have a feeling that if you peeled her hand away, she would start screaming.
2: There's nothing we can do right now.
0: What What, what about his family? What about his parents? What about Lorelei?
2: Oh, fucking Kimbrel's bones. Lorelai's safe. How do you know that? I can't tell you that. Trust that I know. Okay, okay, okay. I I need you to tell me Leo
0: didn't do this. I need you to tell me this isn't him. Oh, God.
1: No. No. No, as far as I know, this is the one part of this that Leo is
2: not involved in. What do I do? I don't... Fee, I don't know what to do anymore. Neither do I. And until I do, I will be gathering more information. I will be...
1: And she, like, grimaces and sucks her teeth and says, (sighs) Playing nice with my father. And we will figure out where to go from there. All I can say to you is that the people around us are not who we thought they were. And that whatever is happening, your father is complicit. Yeah, I I think part of me
0: always knew that. Um,
2: okay, I... Oh god, Sorin. You can't let anyone know that you know. I know, I know.
0: (sighs) Whenever you find out what it is that we're doing next, just... Say
2: the word. You'll be the first person I tell. I want you to tell me that these motherfuckers are gonna burn, Fee. Yes. Every single one of them. Kalesa nods to herself and gets up and wipes her
0: eyes and rolls her shoulders back. Totally puts the mask back on. With that resolve of These people are going to fucking burn for what they did to my
2: friends. She is a brick wall. She's unreadable. And she brushes her dress off and disappears back into the palace.
0: So I would like to know Fee's next step. You absorbed a lot of information last episode. And you've absorbed a lot of information so far in this one. Just a little catch up on the things that you absorbed. Uh, You have learned politically. Leo is on the move. There's something going on with pirate incursions from the Zephyr Isles. Beacon wise and state secret wise, you have figured out that something fucky is going on on Loxtogalem. All of the people that are joining the priesthood for yeah. punishment reasons and a lot of other people that have been going missing in the area are dying there, or something else is happening to them, because they're not shipping out enough supplies to feed everybody that should be there. You have found out that your father faked Leo's abdication papers, and apparently the public has been told that he willingly abdicated, and that is what is legitimizing your claim to the throne. You have found out that the very existence of Australia as you know it may be predicated on a lie, and that somebody else in the beacon knows more about it than Soren did. He did not name her. He said, look to the silent cities and you will find her. This episode, you have found out, (laughs) number one, that your father's a fucking piece of shit. And that Soren is dead. And that they have discovered that
2: Lorelai's gone, but they don't know who did it. So that's what you know. So given all of that, what do you think your next step is? (sighs) Exactly what I told Calessa. Play along. Sophie goes to breakfast. Okay. Yeah, you go to breakfast. You have a couple really normal days, I think. I mean, like, if
0: you're just keeping up appearances, there's a scandal. You know, a member of the High Court being indicted for sedition is a big thing. The Chakranas get shipped off to the Towers of the North. They will be there for the foreseeable future. Lorelei's gone. That is not publicized. Okay. It is publicized that I went with them.
2: It's publicized that Soren made the choice to join the priesthood and absolve his family of their shame. The days pass. You don't get much new information after that. Everything seems deceptively normal.
0: Your father makes no indication that anything is wrong. Some time passes. I would say about a week later, you wake up out of your trance in the morning, Fee, and there is a little bird sitting on your window, pecking on the glass, looking in at you.
1: I open the window. Okay,
0: bird flies in, sits down on your desk, opens its mouth, Sabine's voice comes in. We're safe in Foggoldor. Everything is as okay as it's going to get. Not sure how much Soren told you.
2: Look to the Silent Cities. Yeah, Has her head in her hands says, What the fuck does that mean? Roll a history check. That's
3: as it's The Silent Cities are various ancient ruins
0: that exist around australia they were once cities a long time ago they have been officially quarantined and shut down and access to them is forbidden by the australian government because so many people got sick going in there trying to do research is the official reason going in there makes people sick a lot of people died so they got shut down. They weren't destroyed, but access to them was forbidden. There is one of them in the north, near Omagroth. There's one to the southwest, kind of inland. And there is one
2: relatively close to Melatol, kind of out on the plains. Okay. Fee's going to pitch to her father that since she missed her appearance in Omagroth during the equinox... That she should go up there and give another appearance. Roll me persuasion with advantage. Okay. Uh, 17. You pitch this idea to your father and he nods to
0: himself. I think you guys are in his study. Kind of purses his lips and straightens his papers on his desk and goes, No, I think that's a wonderful idea. I think that if you're asking for more responsibility, that this is perfect step and especially now that our sedition problem is completely solved i'm not at all worried for your safety
2: i am going to ask that you don't teleport however uh, uh, of course understandable i'm not eager to repeat my experience earlier and
3: honestly at this point i'm not sure how much we can trust the order of iluna given everything going on
2: that was also a thought that i had uh, very well yes you can gather your party Obviously, Finandris will be coming with you. Obviously, yes.
0: If you wanted to ask the Ambassador if he'll let Kalesa come, I wouldn't be
2: opposed, although I would warn you of any trouble that may potentially follow in her wake. I think it would be wise to take Kalesa. She can be troubled, but she is very useful in a crisis. Just in case. Fair enough. I'll make the arrangements. And yeah, and within yeah. a couple days... You and Fen and Kalesa are in the back of a carriage headed for Omagroth.
0: The distance between Belenthal and Omagroth is shorter than the distance yeah. between Belenthal and Embertide. It's only about a three-day trip. I feel like the mood in the carriage is a little subdued. Despite Fen's best efforts, he's kind of excited about going on vacation, but he seems to pick up on the fact that you and Kalesa are a little less than jazzed. But after three days of awkward silence, you guys do roll up on the city of Omagroth, It's a beautiful town, uh, secluded in the middle of the forest, pretty big city, lots of kind of like Bavarian architecture, so like the houses that are bigger on top than the bottom, and they have the long, narrow windows of diamond patterned stained glass. You guys are hosted by the Baron of Omagrath and his family, and you have a couple days of political appearances scheduled that you have to go to dinners, some speeches, things like that. On your third day in the city, you are hanging out with Callessa at the Baron's house, and you hear a door open and Fen walks into your quarters and he is spinning a key on a ring around his finger and just grinning <laughs> for all he's worth. He leans on the door frame and goes, "Ladies, Guess who just went to talk to his aunt and got us access to the family hunting lodge for the weekend?
1: Oh, fantastic. If I have to spend another day in this city around politicians, I'm going to lose it.
0: Yeah, even Kalesa kind of perks up. Fenn has family in Omagroth. It's his mother's sister and her husband and their kids. They're nice people. He has so many little cousins. But they also have a hunting lodge out in the woods outside uh-huh. of Omagrath. And that's the key that he's spinning around his finger. Fantastic. And he goes, you know, I'm not one to uh, encourage running away, but I don't see the harm since we're on vacation and all of Fee's obligations are already met.
1: I'm a cool bodyguard. <laughs> I hate his guts. <laughs> he laughs. laughs. Let's go. I don't want to be in the city anymore. Excellent.
0: I have already had your bags packed, and you guys escape from this Baron's Manor.
1: The forest around
0: Omagroth is just breathtaking. There is a foot of snow on the ground up here right now. It's late fall. The forest is huge coniferous trees that just tower up to the sky. It's really, really beautiful. And you go up into the mountains outside of Omegroth, and it takes most of a day to get there, but you roll up on this really nice little hunting lodge in the middle of the woods, and Fenn takes all your bags inside and starts going outside and chopping down wood for a fire and getting you
1: guys set up. Is there anything you'd
0: like to do while you're here? I think Fee
1: has some stuff in mind, but not anything she can do in the daylight hours. <laughs> Okay.
0: Yeah, fee will go in. You walk in. Again, it's a very nice, well-appointed cabin. It looks like it's been really well taken care of. The first thing you notice, Fee, is actually a big trail map on a wall. It has old hunting trails, hiking trails, something that looks like ski slopes, maybe, all lined out on this map, and off about three, four miles to the east of this cabin, there is an indicator on the map that says that there is a silent city there.
1: Fe takes very careful note of that and then gets a book and settles down for the afternoon.
0: I'm not going to make you roll insight for this cuz Fenn's pretty transparent. You can tell that he's trying to like lift your guys' spirits a little yeah. bit. So he comes in, gets a fire started, makes you guys hot chocolate, starts telling you ghost stories. Like he's really trying to yeah. make you guys happy. And yeah, the evening wears on.
1: Fen and Kalesa go to take their trance. Fee gets a piece of paper and writes a note, and the note says, Out
2: for a walk. Be back soon. Okay, and you're leaving? Yep. I'm gonna have you roll stealth for me, please. Eleven.
0: Fen is outside fucking waiting for you when you go out the door. <sighs> Leaned back against a tree, arms over his chest, armor on- He's trying really hard to not let you hear his teeth chatter. <laughs> Alright, so are we going to talk? What is there to talk about? I'm going to take a walk. I mean, really the only thing I'd like to talk about is... ...you helping me figure out what I've done that makes you think that you can't trust me. Too much shit has gone down, Fee, that I have been kept out of the loop for... The only thing I can assume is that I've fucked something up, and I want to fix it because, well, number one, I can't protect you very well if you don't trust me, and number two, you're my best friend, and I want to know if I've screwed something up.
1: Fee takes a deep breath, and then shades her posture, cracks her neck, goes, You haven't done anything, Fen. I'm very well aware of where your loyalties lie. I always have been. I... Just need some space for myself right now. Where do my loyalties lie? She, uh, grimaces a little bit and tilts her head to the side. She goes, We don't have to do this right now. He
0: looks really deeply hurt. And he puts his hands up and takes a step back like he's disengaging from the conversation. And he says... You know, I like to think that I don't ask for much. Whenever you get the time, a little honesty might be nice. And he turns around and walks inside.
2: He heads out. OK, you head out. Roll me a survival check, please. As a 15. What kind of clothes do you have on? Do you have on like your court clothes or like your Mage's armor thing that you had
0: in previous episodes?: Mage's armor, probably. So you've got pretty sturdy clothes on. It's still not very fun. It's very cold. You're hiking through a foot of snow off trail. I mean, there's nowhere that goes to these cities because access to them is forbidden. But you follow kind of the bearings on this map. And out of the darkness, it is the wee hours of the morning by the time you find it. You see ancient, crumbling spires shooting up above the trees in the distance. Okay. And... You keep walking, and you close in on the silent city. It is extremely eerie, and it lives up to its name. The snow covers up much of the remnants of road that were once here, but you can feel the heels of your boots grinding down into crumbling cobblestone as you come up on this giant, pointed archway that was once a city gate. And beyond it, Fee is just- it's huge. It's the size of Omagroth, easily. Dead, silent, abandoned skeletons of old stone buildings. These buildings are thousands of years old. And there is not a sound- you don't hear wildlife, you don't hear anything. It's dead silent.
1: I'm trying to look for, like, any like residential area, because- I'm assuming if I'm looking for a person, they are
2: living somewhere. Okay. Roll me investigation, please. Okay. That's a 16. All right. I think
0: with a 16, you find quite a lot, actually. So you wander these streets
2: for a bit. The only thing you can hear is the crunch of your own boots in the snow. It's incredibly unsettling. You can see just kind of ghost of this city as it once was
0: as you wander back a lot of the buildings are really well preserved there are houses that you look into as you walk down these streets fee where you can see dishes still on tables where you can see children's toys scattered across the floor covered by thin layers of snow i mean it just looks like whatever happened here happened super quickly and there are some skeletons too You see skeletons in piles on street corners, like bodies had been gathered up and left there. You see massive trenches dug into any exposed earth around. These piles of skeletons next to them, mass graves, obviously. You keep walking, and eventually you see a very dull light coming from one of the windows of one of these abandoned houses.
1: I haven't been touching anything. Okay. Like, with bare hands, I'm going to, before I touch anything, wrap a hand in fabric.
2: Okay. Smart. In this
0: house, you look in through the window. It's one of the few houses that still has glass left in the window. In the hearth, there is a fire going. And around what you would assume was once the main room or living room of this house, there is a bedroll stretched out. There are... Bags and boxes scattered about. There is a pile of books and papers shoved into one corner. And on the threadbare, decaying hearthrug, sleeping, curled up, there is a baby deer. It's a baby deer because you've seen a fawn before. This thing is the size of a quarter horse. Oh, great. (laughs) It's clearly a baby deer. But it is absolutely massive. You could totally put a saddle on this thing and ride it. Alright. And it's just curled up in front of the fire, sleeping. And you don't see any other activity inside the house. I don't see a person?
2: You don't see a person. No, you see the deer. He's gonna look for tracks. Okay, roll survival. Thirteen. Yeah, you move away
0: from this house where the deer is sleeping inside, and you see, very faint, it looks like whoever was making these tracks, covered them up as they went, but you do see faint indentations in the snow leading back towards the square where you first walked in. I'm gonna follow. Okay, you backtrack back to the square, and around the square, there are houses, but there are also, you can tell there was once, it looks like maybe a marketplace here, there was something that looks like a bathhouse, like you see a crumbling... ...shell of a building that has these giant empty pools in it. There are shops. There's something that looks like it may have been a wizard's tower once. And off to the side of the square, the side that you didn't go down when you first started wandering the city... ...there's this massive building that looks like one huge cavernous hall... ...that's being held up by crumbling pillars that are supporting the roof... And as you wander over towards this building, following the tracks, Fee, make an advantaged perception check. Yeah, with my perception, it's an 18. Yeah, and as you wander across this empty square over towards this big, pillar-supported building, you hear... Well, the thing is that you don't hear it. You don't process this sound with your ears. It is not coming from the outside world. It feels like you're hearing it through bone conduction. Just in your bones, in the very core of your body, you feel and hear thunder. And the closer you get to this building, the louder and more consuming it gets, to the point that you cannot hear the silence of the city anymore. You cannot hear any of your surroundings, your own footsteps, your own heartbeat. It's all just the thunder, and it's coming from inside that building and getting stronger the closer you get to it.
1: Okay, I'm going to walk in.
0: Now, I'd like you to roll me a history check, now that you're inside the building.
1: And it's 13. 13. Yeah, that'll do it.
0: You're in a temple. It's not like any temple or church you've ever been in before, that's for damn sure, but the kind of awe-inspiring architecture and surrounding things that you see definitely read like temple. There are crumbling, rotted wooden pews lining the inside of this place, there is something that looks like it's an altar down at one end, and on either side of this altar, there are two massive fallen statues. They look like at one point they collapsed and fell into each other as they fell down, and they're just holding each other up.
1: I'd like to investigate the statues. Okay, roll investigation. That's a dirty 20.
0: This thunder in your bones and in your ears just roars the closer you get to these statues, to the point that it's overwhelming. You can't process anything other than the thunder. The one on the left looks like a rail-thin skeletal figure draped in a robe. It is a humanoid skeleton, but it has long, twisting horns on top of its head, and sharp fangs. A lot of the face has crumbled away, but you can tell it is a statue of a skeleton in a robe. The one on the right also looks like a person in a robe, and the hood of the robe is fully pulled up and obscuring this person's face. You cannot see their face at all. But when you look over at it specifically, and maybe take a step closer to it, it feels like you have just been struck by lightning. Your whole body shakes in the way that it does when a really bad thunderstorm is happening right outside your house. And the thunder booms, and you just feel it in everything in you. And in between those peals of deafening thunder inside of your head, you hear... And... Something is drawing you to this other statue. It's like a magnet. Your body is moving on its own. Your entire mental faculties have left you. All you know is your proximity to this, and this voice that's in your head chanting your name over and over and over again. You know for a fact it's not a voice you've heard before. But the familiarity of it makes everything in you ache. And you reach out and your bare hand is a millimeter from the surface of this statue. Roll a dexterity saving throw for me, please. It's
1: a nine.
0: You feel something close tightly around your left foot and yank? And the next thing you know, you are hanging upside down from the ceiling of this building by your ankle, swinging slowly back and forth. And from the doorway of this building, you hear a soft one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four of hoofbeats on the ground. The absolutely gigantic baby deer that you saw sleeping trots into this temple and it comes over, and it sniffs at you, and then it licks your face.
1: Don't suppose you could help me out of this one. And then from right above
0: you, you hear the sound of something rapidly sliding down rope. And as you are slowly spinning, I think, upside down by your ankle at this point, you see a young Australian elf woman descend, also upside down, from the ceiling, with a set of repelling gear hanging from a rope. And she slides to a halt in front of you. She looks right-side up to you. <laughs> she is skinny but strong-looking, very wiry. She has long, silver-white hair that is done up in many, many small braids that she has pulled back into a ponytail on the top of her head. And over her very dark, almost black eyes, she has a set of clunky-looking goggles strapped down. And on the goggles, there are little metal posable arms where she can like, selectively zoom in some lenses to magnify things she's looking at. And she reaches up, and she taps a button on the side of the goggles, and all of the lenses go click, 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 until she is completely zoomed in looking at you as you two both swing upside down. And she says, You know, I would ask, what's a girl like you doing in a place like this, but, uh, something told me this was going to happen eventually. And she reaches down, and she pats the deer on top of the head. She says, good boy, Phineas. And... Releases herself from her repelling gear and lands on the deer's back, very gracefully. And then she snaps her finger and you fall in a heap to the ground. Ha. Huh.
1: Yeah, she groans and gets back to her feet and kind of brushes herself off, and then, like, tries to look dignified. <laughs> and says, Truth dies in darkness.
0: She's got this really beat-up looking leather overcoat on, and she reaches into it with fingerless gloves on her hands and pulls out a beacon coin, flashes it at you, and chucks it back in her pocket. Revelation lives in light. Erevei Anmar. Pleasure to meet you, your highness. Every time <laughs> Every fucking time Every time the plot thickets
1: God, okay
0: <laughs> So uh, Fee at least isn't hanging from the ceiling anymore
1: but. Yeah <laughs> She's got that going for her
0: But you went alone <laughs> To meet a stranger So we'll see how that shakes out next time
1: She's <laughs> got eight fireballs left
0: <laughs> We'll see everybody next time hey everybody barry here with the postscript just handling a couple of housekeeping things here at the end of the episode um we're so sorry we're so sorry Anyway, we're active on social media. We're on Twitter, Tumblr, and TikTok at Compelled Duel. You can also find us on TikTok at Compelled Duel Audios, where we post audio snippets from the show. If you would like to support the podcast, you could consider pledging to our Patreon. Our patron tiers start at just $2 a month, and you can get a lot of really nice perks from that, including special membership in the official Compelled Duel Discord and access to cool things on our official Compelled Duel Spotify account. We also have an official Compelled Duel website. You can find that linked on our social media accounts. And as always, we ask that if you enjoy what you're hearing, that you tell three friends about Compelled Duel. And if they like it, ask them to tell three friends. Word of mouth advertising really, really helps us out and helps us grow our listener base. Additionally, if you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you drop us a rating and a review, as that also helps us get promoted to a wider listener base. Our next episode will be releasing on Friday, February 19th, 2021, or if you are a member of our Patreon, you'll get early access on Thursday, February 18th.
2: Again, we are so, so sorry. See you guys next week.